You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. It's your boy, Tom. Uh, we are back <laughs> with another episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast. Ooh, fellas, fellas, fellas. I don't know about y'all, but it's been a good fantasy football weekend for your boy, Time. And uh, we can just skip past regular football if y'all want to. We can uh, talk about that another week. Um, but how was y'all's weekend? Let's go ahead and start there. You know, I was normal, not doing much. Uh what about you, D? Um, I didn't really do much either. I went to uh, my son started back up flag football, so uh, I attended a flag football game um, and uh, watched football. Watched a lot of football. I'm mean, I'm I'm excited to talk about it, but I wanted to talk about this hypothetical, okay? And you tell me uh, what you think about it, okay? This didn't actually happen. But I'm painting a picture as if it did. And you tell me which direction you think the majority would take it. Okay. What do you think about... So I watched a lot of college football this weekend. And as I was watching college football, the most disrespectful thing that you can do in college football now is mess up another team's logo. Right. Like you go on it or you stump on it or you jump on it. I saw a lot of that this weekend. I saw App State pulling off a big win. Uh, all the, the the upsets that happened. All these teams that were parental like uh, that last year that was just dogging teams this year seemed to be struggling like Texas versus Alabama. Alabama barely pulling that game out, you know, with some some say with the luck of the refs. But in any way, if Alabama would have lost, Texas would have went to the middle of the field, danced on Alabama's. Well, Alabama was at Texas. But you get what I'm saying. What do you think about other teams going to dance on other teams' logos or, like, trying to mess it up or what have you? Because that's, that's an in thing in college football right now. Um, I think it's terrible, but I think if you're going to do it, you better back it up. Uh, I'll give an example. When we played – uh, Syracuse did that to us, and Cincinnati did that to us, and we ended up beating them fifty-six to two and seventy to seven because they did it. Okay, so you just you just that's just that's in the game, right? Yeah, it, it's disrespectful to do that, but in college it's different than NFL. Uh, college is you don't you hate the other colleges, and in NFL you respect the team, so it's not as much hatred uh, like it is in college. So. I think it's still terrible in general. I don't think it's a good sportsmanship, but if you're going to do it, you better back it up. What about you, Ty? Um, I'm I'm on the uh, side of if you don't want them dancing on your logo, don't let them have – don't give them a reason to dance on your logo. Okay. <laughs> so you tell me why is it something different? If I'm playing against Navy and I go dance on Navy's logo or I disrespect their logo from a football standpoint, why would it be taken to a whole nother level? Because us as a society have to complain about everything and they don't, they can't. <laughs> you get separate, what I'm saying now, right? They can't like separate football from 
the military. So and I think I, it's disrespecting uh, America and the military, but it's you're disrespecting the team, not actual the college. It's the team and it's the football team. So we played Navy this weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been a while since we beat Navy the way that we beat Navy. And I'm like, man, we need to run to the middle of their logo. And like, and then I was like, ooh, that wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't be a good look at all. But then I was thinking about like, why wouldn't it be a good look? Why, why can't we separate the team from the actual political um, um, or the wars or the military just in general? Because this is a football team competing like any other team. Uh, I think we can. I think, I think a lot of people can. I think there's a lot of people that can't and media won't be able to do that because it gives them another talking point. But what's crazy is, is Army can do it, though. Army can play Navy. Because they're military yeah. t- schools. But when you play... It doesn't them, make any they, sense, I agree. Right, but you get the ultimate respect when you play at these schools because any disrespect or any thing that you show that's football-related across the world could be taken as a jab at the United States and the military and armed forces. But it has nothing to do with it because it's still football. Correct. Absolutely crazy to me. But yeah, that's 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 all I had. I was I was thinking about that. Uh, Tom, you can answer or chime in. Yeah, I was going to say I think it's stupid because it's it is, and you know it's. I understand, you know, people probably take it to the next next level because it's like, oh well, that's the logo of the whole Navy, not just the Navy football team, but it's like get over it. <laughs> you know, it's uh, they did it in the context of football purposes. It's not like they were out there like trying to trash. Uh, they would be out there trying to trash the actual Navy. Uh, you know, it's just that, that's just so silly to me. That would be so silly. But it is what it is. Right. Anyway, <laughs> but, but well, well, hold up though, hold up though. Before we just breeze on by, and get to the NFL. Is there anything? college football wise that you guys want to talk about because there's a few yes. things that I'd love to talk about. Yes. But you go ahead, Gary. You go ahead. We're going to kick off this college football before we transition to the professional level. I love the fact the team I dislike the most in college football is 0-2 and lost to Marshall. Notre Dame is who I'm talking about. They're always so overrated because they can make their own schedule. They don't really play anybody tough usually, and they always get ranked high because they're Notre Dame. I'm so happy to see them start off 0-2 and out of the top 25. That made my day because I just it gets tiring seeing them up there. And so also seeing Florida lose, granted it is to Kentucky. I hate Kentucky too. It's two of my least favorite schools other than Notre Dame. But I think everybody was high on Florida because they beat a – overrated lackluster Utah team and everybody's high on Florida. They jumped all the way up in the polls because of it. And they showed they're still the same Florida as, as the last few years. Not very good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, uh, do you guys think that Alabama got super lucky this weekend against Texas? Well, I, I don't think it has anything to do with luck, this is me being honest with y'all. I think the gap in between 
most of these teams, like, I've seen something that I, I, I didn't think was going to happen. Like, I thought the NIL deals were going to separate the talent big time because all these SEC schools have that budget to just pay these kids whatever they want to get paid in order to come in and play for their program. So I thought it was going to be these upsets and, like, App State pulling out the big win. Uh, you know, watching these teams perform and actually win these games, Nebraska falling. Um, the gap isn't that – it's not that with other teams being able to pay these players and give them just a little bit of money to survive, I think they're going to be okay. I think everything's going to be okay now. I don't even think it's that. Like, when you talked about App State, I believe they beat uh, Texas A&M, right? And yes. Texas A&M – I believe they paid the most out at NIL deals to any school. And it obviously didn't transition to a win. I think Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm is, saying App State, the ability to pay a player. I don't think App State's paying anybody to go to App State. What? I, I, nobody's getting paid to go to App State a lot of money. Uh, it's just that's just true. Nobody's getting a lot of money to go to App State. Well, I don't. I don't think you understand what I'm saying, though. Any little money, whether it's six thousand dollars, whether it's twelve thousand, they would already have gone to App State, even oh, if they I weren't getting that. I think. I so I think it wouldn't have mattered. I think the thing is, what you're seeing is you're going to see players that aren't uh, as driven in college now. Like for example, that there, I was, there's a Tennessee quarterback who's already committed. Supposedly, he's already got a seven to eight million dollar NIL deal for when he walks on campus next year. You're telling me, he's gonna, yeah, you think in the Miami has a six million dollar quarterback walking on campus next year? You think they're going to try as hard to get the NFL? They already got the NFL money. So, what is going to push them to work to get to the NFL to achieve even greater when they can continue to make seven, eight million dollars, maybe a season to play college football? Now they ain't going to have that drive because. They got $30 million playing three years, four years of college. They don't care about NFL now. They already got their money. You think it's really a lot of players are still going to have that drive that they had? Because, again, before players were playing because you wanted to get the NFL to get that money. Now you're already getting that money. You're going to lose a little bit of that drive. Damn, Gary, you sound like a hater right now. No, I just you sound no, like a I'm fine big with them getting their money. hater right now. No, I'm Gary. saying that, that would be my explanation of why Texas and they the highest paid NIL deals, and they can't. it doesn't transition. Why? To me, it could be because the players aren't they're already getting paid. You think it matters anymore? You had that example of that quarterback who got a lot of money. I don't remember where it was. He got a lot of money. He got beat out in spring. He said, I'm done. He got like $7 million in IL bill. He got $7 million, walked away because it's for his likeness. He doesn't need to play football. And he walked no, away because he lost a starting job. So, so. <laughs> like. Hold on, hold on, Gary. What I, I think you took what I said the wrong way. What what no, I'm saying, saying it could equal the it could balance it out. It could balance it out. Like even a kid that need like two or three thousand dollars. Like maybe this is what I need to get on my feet. And App State or whatever that small university did was put their coins together and was like, oh okay. And then they sign a player that's maybe mid level. But when he plays on the field and it's time for him to play, he plays at a phenomenal level. And them now getting the money back that they invested in this kid via the NIL deal is all I'm saying. Oh, yeah, no. I, I'm, now, I'm getting all, back to. I'm all for the kids getting paid for the NIL. That's all I'm all for. I'm just saying that could be something we see in the future. I'm not saying it's happening. I'm saying I could see that happening in the future. 
Okay. Uh, well, as it relates to the players getting paid gear and them not potentially uh, caring about going to the next level, I I totally disagree with that. I, so, just, so you're I, telling me if you would have got $30 million to play in college, yes, like four years, been, you still yes. would have worked as hard as you did to get yes. to the NFL? Yes. You yes, may have. Because I, don't I have think, that. Uh, I promise I'm you, money I got driven, million, I'm money driven, Gary. If I would have got, if I would have got thirty million dollars to play in college, I would have never played. Took a step in the NFL. And that's why they didn't give you thirty million dollars when you was in college. Oh, we weren't allowed. That's why. I would have <laughs> oh, no. never gotten that in high school, in college, because I wasn't a high recruit. I worked for what well, I. You now, Gary, y'all cheated at Louisville around that time. In I fact, y'all was in like two or three scandals anyway. I wish I got money. I got nothing. Oh. So I was a two-star recruit. I was a two-star recruit. Uh, you can't tell when you go around Middleburg because they talk about you like you was the, like. I, I worked. I you worked, was the TJ Watt of, of I, football. I worked for what I got. That's what I don't understand. How was you the TJ White of Middleburg when you had like three sacks? Like your numbers look like European sacks. basketball league Never when they get drafted. <laughs> Seven points, three rebounds, and they're a first round pick. And we trying to figure out like why the hell did y'all get this guy? This I was one? I was a DN primary and tight end as my secondary, and I got recruited as a tight end. Right. How many sacks did you have as a defensive end, Gary? Uh, in I don't high know. school. Probably my I only played three years. My sophomore year, I probably had. No, I'm talking about your senior year. The the year y'all went year? the farthest. Yo, the year no. y'all went the farthest. Okay, my senior year probably six, and I got triple teamed every play. <laughs> I'm just saying, I had to open it up for other people. <laughs> All right, Gary. Okay. Can we confirm that you got triple team? I got, I got, I got videos <laughs> if you want to see it. Bro, yeah. I need to see. <laughs> I got every game from my high school career. Um, on VHS, by the way. On VHS. Uh, is that yeah. something your coach gave you? That is correct. Yeah. Oh. What was y'all record your senior year, Gary? I'm just curious. Eight and three. Okay. We'd be, we'd be the team that was projected to win state at their place by, by 25 points. Just saying. And I was DN. They ran option. You know what my job is? Crush the quarterback every play. And that's what I did. How many how many state championships your institution got, Gary? Zero. Okay. How many games has your school beat anybody in Florida? Zero. What what does that have to do with anything? I just I'm just the asking questions, Gary. I don't I, I don't I'm not asking about talent level. I'm just asking about middle. Zero. Bro. That's all. Zero. You guys got a pretty good team. Three this year, kids. Though, right? We have three people that's made it to the NFL. Gary Barnage. Richard Owens and Pat Tumberland. Okay. So you guys have a pretty good high school team this year. What's your record this year so far? We do not right now. We're 0-3. I thought you had that running back that was really They do. Good. They have two running backs, but they're 0-3. It's because they lost their uh, their O line tight end coach. Just tight end, not O line. I don't no. I don't know if you can put that as a like a loss. <laughs> <laughs> you have to leave that to the players to decide that. 
Go ahead, Tom. You got it. Well, well, here's one thing I wanted to say about NIL deals because you're talking about paying somebody to go to Appalachian. I think what you are going to see from those NIL deals is somebody that may have been a second or third stringer at Alabama. Maybe they're going to these lower schools because the lower schools are willing to pay them more than they would get going to one of the more famous schools. Whereas used to, there was no incentive uh, to go to the lower school. Well, now you got money. And if you're like, hey, I'm not necessarily seeing myself go to the NFL. I was kind of just going to Alabama for the prestige. Well, now I can go make actual money playing for a lesser college. I'm going to go do that. I think it depends on the lesser college because I don't see App State paying as much as any third stringer can get in Alabama. I got yeah. I got I, I got to ask this question. And now that you guys are talking about NIL deals and we've had an opportunity to let a couple games go by, and I know that this was a big discussion that we had uh, last year before the season started when he decided to go to Jackson State University, the kid that's this four- or five-star recruit that's this absolute phenom, as it relates to NIL deals, do you guys still think that he made the right or wrong decision by going to Jackson State and playing for? Do we know uh, how much he got paid? Uh, I I don't know. We don't know how much he got paid, uh, but we know that he he has NIL deals because uh, I would say it would depend on how much he got. If he if he didn't get if he's and we we won't know until three years from now if he goes to the league. If he doesn't make it to the league. And he didn't get a lot of money. He made a terrible decision. Well, I mean, we look at the level of competition. I still think he made the wrong decision by going there just because of the level of competition yeah. being exposed to certain things. Uh, however, everybody told me that he can be exposed to those same things at the college that he went to. So I'm pulling for the kid in general, but I'm just – I don't think his atmosphere is going to help him. He's going to have to help himself. Correct. It's a lot harder for lesser name uh, athletes to get noticed at le- or not lesser name lesser name colleges to get the athletes noticed and drafted. You might have one or two a year that are higher draft picks from uh, smaller colleges. Okay, that's all I have for college, man. Yeah, but wouldn't uh, you say that having somebody like Deion Sanders running the program helps you with exposure? No, it has no, no. I haven't seen one Jackson State game on TV. There's more eyes on Jackson State because of Deion Sanders, and there would I be. I haven't heard like, one score from a Jackson State game in two weeks. Anywhere. I know it's out there. I haven't seen it or heard it. Now, I've heard all the Alabama, the Tennessee, the Florida, the North. I've heard all those scores. Never heard Jackson State once mentioned. Well, I, I heard the – I saw the one from last week um, because they blew out. I think they were playing like Florida A&M or something. Uh, but I didn't see this week's. But I'm saying uh, even then, comparable teams to Jackson State, you will never hear about. But, Correct, but he could have been to Alabama, Georgia. He was that high. We would have heard about him every day. Correct. Maybe. Wait, no, maybe we would have. What DBs do we hear talked about? Well, he played DB and wide receiver. With that being said, all I'm saying is, is this kid has the ability to disappear with the fact that the media doesn't cover him like he would have been covered had he went to a more media-driven school. 
I think he'll still be covered, but not like he could have. I actually think Deion Sanders' son is going to get more coverage than that kid is. Because it's his son playing quarterback for his dad. That's going to be a bigger story than the the cornerback. Well, yeah, that's obviously going to be big. And he was a bigger recruit than Deion's son was by a lot. You're not well, saying part of that's anything, the right? nature of the part of that's the nature of the position, though. If he was, no, I agree. He could have went to another school, though. If, saying like if Sammy went to, go ahead. If Deion Sanders was his son was the safety, you're not hearing anything though because you're he's telling the me if he went to Florida State, Florida State's DBs are garbage. They might have one good one. You're telling me he couldn't have a chance to play as a, as a freshman. You're telling me that falling in the dad's footsteps at Florida State would not have been a story every day. I'm talking about Alan Jackson State. If, if Deion Sanders' son was anything but the quarterback, other than maybe cornerback himself that played, if he played, you know, cornerback and receiver and did stuff like his dad, then you might. But because he's a quarterback, it's more of a story. Well, I still think just because his son's playing for his dad. Right. That's that, that, I mean, that's a story. That's a story. But I'm saying it's, it's escalated more because he's the quarterback. Yeah, but I've never heard the other kid one. I don't even know the other kid's name. Never heard it. Right. I mean, I had the. I don't. I don't know Deion Sanders' son's name. I know. Yeah, his but name. you know who Deion Sanders' son is. <laughs> you just know it's him. Wait, what? What's his name? Oh, I don't. I don't. I haven't heard anything about Jackson State. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, well, he could have went to Miami. He could have went to. He could have went to Texas. He could have went to Utah. Could have went to anywhere else and been more notable. I guess noticed. What happens if Jackson State wins out and somehow makes it to, to what to the third bowl game because there's not yeah. a BCS right. right? Well, whatever the biggest bowl game they, they were could. in it last year, they lost. I'm saying, what if they win this year and then it's like it's still not a story. Yeah, I don't so, think. All don't, I'm saying is, is this kid, like you said. They don't talk about DBs that much in the first place, right, Tom? It, I'm going to agree with you to say they don't talk about DBs that much in the first place. So why would you go to – not talk about DBs unless you're getting cooked. That's the only time you get talked about, really, is if you're getting cooked or, you know, you got those rare, like, Revis Island. Uh, right. All, all, I'm, all I'm saying is this kid can be Revis Island in the league that he's in right now and not give up a catch in four years. Sauce Garner, that thing. Not give up a catch in four years and still be a third or fourth or fifth round pick because of the level of competition that he'll be playing. Now, you take that same player and you put them in uh, a bigger school. And when I say bigger school, I'm talking about a school that is televised, that's playing like-minded or like-talented people like himself. And he does the same thing. He's on the cover of every magazine, and everybody's talking about him and know exactly who he is. So a, a prime example. Guys, Go ahead. Well, real quick, do you guys not think that there's anything that plays into it? Maybe he's trying to lead the movement of, um, you know, black athletes going to HBCUs. Maybe he's trying to help that become a thing because you have all these schools um, that – athletes go to because of the prestige well if he wants to lead you know he's like hey we should make hbcus more prestigious because that's our people do you not think that that is a mission that is worthy of you know switching schools d you got this one 
Uh, <laughs> Gary, I thought you were one percent. I'm one uh, and a half, uh, but I, I, I don't think Chad's D. I I think we you you totally missed this. When it comes to making money and not only making money, maximizing the most of your dollar, I think it supersedes uh, first. Meaning, I want to be the first to do this. I want to be the first to do that. I want to be this lightning rod or be the spark that start this. I I think that our decision to pull ourselves and other people that are in our circle out of financial stress or duress supersedes that, hey, I want to be the first and struggle while doing it. Yeah, I just, I don't, like I said, I think it comes down to the money aspect too, like the money and like notoriety. Yeah, yeah, he could want to start a movement, but you heard about it right when he signed and you haven't heard anything since. So is it continue to gain traction or no? Because I haven't heard anything during the season. We won't really notice that until, you know, there's going to be maybe a snowball effect, but, you know, it was something that came up whenever he shifted. It was a story. I agree. I agree, but I'm saying like, but it's not a story anymore. You don't hear about it anymore. Well, yeah, but in today's world, stuff is a story for two seconds and it goes away. I mean, the queen died. All of America made memes for 24 hours, and now I barely see anything about that. And that's a pretty historic event, you know. We'll get to that later. It's more historic for England, but we'll talk about it later. Well, yeah, I'm just saying, that's what I'm saying, but like, you know, that's something pretty big. And that lasted a 24-hour news cycle, and now. It's, it's oh, yeah, I know. I'm saying, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think the you're, if you're going to want to change it, you're going to have to have like 15 recruits decide the high high profile. One person is not going to change it. So that's just all, my thought. All it takes is one, Gary. Ask ask plenty of pioneers in our history. We shall see, then, sir. We shall see. All right, well, let's go ahead and transition from college to professional football. So my question is to you before you start. Is Baker Mayfield the answer like everybody thought in Carolina? Ooh, ooh. I got so so much hate for this one. I'm just saying two years in a row. Different quarterbacks, though. Here's the thing. Um, Actually, we started off different this year than we did last year. So we are allowed to have reserved – opinions this year because last year we started out three you know and so we were ready now but actually i thought that the second half they came out baker showed that he does have potential there were obviously um he had a lot of batted balls that i just don't know if that's something he's ever going to be able to overcome just because his his height issues um or lack thereof but you know he showed he showed potential. I think they need to get Christian McCaffrey more involved. The, he had like six touches before halftime. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. And that, and well, we're done getting hurt. Well, yeah, but I mean, uh, you can't you can't be worried about that. Yeah, you get. I don't even have any fantasy fantasy football shares of him this year, so I don't really care. <laughs> on that end, like the fancy end, but he really does need more touches if our team is going to be a, a winning team. And, you know, when he put the Panthers in position to win, um, after all the missed field goals that there were today and the fact that that rookie came on there and kicked a 58-yard field goal to win the game, that's mad props to him. Uh, we hadn't seen a rookie come in and, you know, tear up the Browns like that since David Njoku came in. And, uh, what has he done? 
and and right. just dismantled that tight end. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> How many no. catches does he have today? <laughs> I, you know what? And because of you, Gary, I never drafted him ever because I, I, I took the firm the thing is, It don't matter. Like, I, I really, honestly, people think I care. I really don't on that aspect because I just base it off of your talent and who you are as a player. Do I think he's got talent? Yes. Do I think he'll ever achieve what he got paid? No, I don't. Right. I, I just, he, he's not, they always talk about how he can block. Now he can't block. If you watch a game, he can't block. And he had, he was, one of the worst tight ends in catching the ball. He dropped the ball a lot. Like, but whatever, he can work on it. He's still young. And I know that's what they're paying for is that aspect. But my thing is, y'all struggled with a Browns team that was led by Jacoby Brissett, who is not a starter in the NFL at all. He is a career backup, and y'all struggled against them and lost. Well, you, you know, people people come out uh cold, people lose the the Saints, dang near, should have lost to the Falcons with Marcus Mariota as the quarterback. But the also, Saints. I wouldn't say the Saints are very good either. I know, but people had the Saints rated way above the Panthers. Uh, let's, not, let's not mince words here. The Saints were supposed to be one of the best defenses in the league. But we know it's first week. Yeah, you can right. learn a lot, but there's a lot of football left to be played. What I want to know coming out of this week is T.J. Watt going down the road of his brother. <laughs> Because, because did you hear that he might have torn his pectoral muscle? And yep, out for the year probably. Yeah, that's I mean that's terrible because he's obviously very talented. But um, that's the that's the wide mo right now. Like, right. hey, we're gonna put up three monster, incredible, insane back to back to back years, and then we're gonna waltz out into the sunset, and our health is gonna go with us. I think he'll come back strong next year. I don't think he'll be the same. He's not any Aaron Donald, but hey, nobody is. Yeah, yeah. I I, I have to say this though, as it relates to uh, us talking about uh, Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers on whether or not he's the answer or not. I I've talked about this, and I'm gonna continue to talk about this. So when you look at this game and you look at Baker Mayfield playing his old team and everything that's surrounding this and how he got released and everything like this. I had this same conversation when Sam Darnold played the Jets. When you play a team that you used to play for, that's a different game for you. You give it everything that you got, and when you give it everything that you got, your numbers are either usually incredible or god-awful because you're doing stuff that you normally wouldn't do because you want to kick the team's ass that felt like you was trash and you know them getting rid of you. I, I felt like that when Carolina got rid of me. Uh, Baker Mayfield, just through conversations, felt like that. These numbers that he put up against the team that got rid of him was very subpar. And this is a great indication to let you and everybody know that's listening to me that it's only downhill from here. It doesn't get any better. It doesn't get any better at all. I said the same thing about Sam Darnold when he played the Jets. That lets me know, and that gives me the litmus test of whether or not we gonna, we or them or whoever it is either going to have a good season or they're going to have a bad season or it's just going to be an okay average season. Who do and they play what next I saw, week? Um, Time you don't know? Heck no. I'm, I, I'm too busy with my fancy football team to know everybody's weekly schedule. I and just I, Carolina is the only one I'm asking. The Giants. 
Yeah, they play the Giants the next year. If they lose to the Giants, you can't say anything about the Panthers ever again. Why not? Because the Giants are not very good at all. Well, we might not be very good. I know that. <laughs> hey, well, my yeah. question for y'all, though, for the, some of these games, too, is that, I mean, obviously you saw the Houston-Indianapolis uh, game. I felt that was one of the biggest uh, shocks to me. You know, you had Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman who came out and just, like, destroyed the game. Um, but the Texans were still able to hang in there and <laughs> ended the tie. And then the Steelers almost tied with the the Bengals. I, I thought the Steelers, uh, you know, uh, well, well, the Steelers ended up, you know, pulling it out. But it's just like I was shocked by that. I expected the Bengals okay. to come out. I, I'm I'm going to tell you the biggest shock to my system today or, or yesterday. The biggest shock yesterday watching football was watching Marcus Mariota make passes for what? Who team? What team? Atlanta. Right. It was weird watching Matt Ryan throw passes from what team? Colts. Colts. Right. It's weird watching quarterbacks that I have seen play long time, uh, Russell Wilson throwing passes for the Denver Broncos. Like when you see it in preseason, it doesn't really dawn on you because, you know, you don't really see them in the game. It's more of like that play. But now when you see them in these real games and you just like, dude, this is this is really this is really happening. Like I knew Baker Mayfield was a quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, but I knew Baker Mayfield was that quarterback yesterday and i knew it was that quarterback yesterday because he didn't come out we saw the same baker mayfield that we saw in cleveland all those years was a quarterback that couldn't quite close it out and then showed to yesterday i don't know baker it's not a big but see baker he got the team up in front and they just came back and scored again so i mean they weren't like i mean you could have possibly ran the clock down more to give them less time, but you know he did put together drives to bring them back. Uh, so I don't put that on him. Well, time will tell on the Panthers. And, time, and time's telling you right now. The Panthers are coming back. And are the Panthers back. making the playoffs? Yes, sir. You want to put money on that? Yeah, we got twenty no, on it already. You want to put more on that? But no, 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 not more, not more, not more. <laughs> now, I, I, my question is this this is going to be a really good one Gary what the hell wrong with A-Rodge what's going on with him man yeah no receivers what? no hey, we look he, we already knew he had this problem going on into the season we knew that damn letting him off the hook now I'm not giving him that if you I've seen Tom Brady work with less did you see get it done. oh I don't know about less literally he has what? nobody right now what? Uh, the first Super Bowl Who's Tom Brady won? Who does he have right now? Romeo Dobbs is a good Romeo Dobbs is a good Romeo Dobbs is a rookie. Christian Watson's a rookie. His best Cobb. receiver, Alan Lazard, was hurt, not playing the game. Randall Cobb, baby. Corn on Randall the Cobb. Cobb, yeah. 49-year-old Randall Corn Cobb. Corn on the Cobb. Just Who was the, in the game, did you see? I think it was their first or second drive. He hits a guy in stride for a touchdown. The guy short arms it and drops the ball. The 75 yard touchdown. Yeah, literally. He, he, he can't do more than put it on him. That's all he all, do. all I'm saying, bro, all I'm saying is, is I don't know what's going on over there. 
I thought they addressed these problems in the preseason. I thought they addressed these problems through the draft. I thought they addressed these problems in the offseason. I don't need you to tell me you still got these same problems when the season starts. I don't I they owe it to the Green Bay Packer fans. They owe it to everybody watching to put their best out on the field. And if that was the best that they got, Aaron Rodgers gonna hey, look he's well, gonna well, be I said I think the Vikings win that division this year because Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the receivers. He can only put it on place. They gotta catch the ball. And he was putting the ball on them. They just dropped they had a couple drops in the game too. He can't do so much. Aaron Rodgers had an opportunity to lead Green Bay, but he stayed, Gary. I don't I feel bad for him. I don't no, feel I bad agree. for him at all. I, I, I don't feel look. bad for him at all. So my criticism of him is based on the fact that he decided to stay in that. Like I, we didn't tell him to stay in that relationship. He stayed he on his own. Thousand percent should have left, but he didn't. So we here now. Yes, like I, I said, yes, what's going on with Aaron Rodgers? How I started this. What, What's going on over there, Gary? Yes, Tell me what's up. going on because you're absolutely right. Is he going to be in the MVP discussion this year? No. Okay. All right. So we're not expecting a playoff bird. No, I think the ex- playoffs. I don't think he makes. I don't think they go far. Really? He might, he'll probably be a wild card team. You're saying that Aaron Rodgers is good enough to get that team that played yesterday? Yes. To, to the wild playoffs. Cards, to a wild card spot, yes. There's no way. There's no way, Gary. Not I, think, what I, I think they'll make the wild card. Not what I saw. I think the Vikings win that division, though. I said that a while back. Ain't no way, Gary. Ain't no way Green Bay wait, making the playoffs on what I saw like yesterday. We'll have to wait and see. We are going to wait and see. I'm looking forward to it. What you got, well, Tom? Um, I want to say that... I don't even know if you guys watch wrestling anymore. Do you do you even watch wrestling anymore? We do. We do. Lord. Hey, by the way, D'Angelo, don't let Gary sucker you out. Your WrestleMania chair is at the compound. I really uh, appreciate it. He didn't actually bring it. He brought one and said, oh, I forgot these. I'm not going <laughs> to tell him. <laughs> oh, wow. Said, Why he couldn't forget yours, Gary? I don't know. That's what he said, though. Don't don't let Gary sucker you out. I got two free check bags on Southwest, and both of them were WrestleMania chairs. <laughs> uh, nice. No, but uh, so speaking of wrestling, you know, we talked a little bit last week about uh, Triple H uh, bringing people back, and this week, you know, a lot of a lot of drama came out of the AEW world. Uh, I know we talked about it a little bit in the pre-show, but what what do you think? Do you think that? Uh, AEW is going to be able to sustain all this steam that they've built uh, coming out of the gate now that WWE seems to be fixing their product because from what I've seen, the numbers on AEW have been falling and apparently this uh, you know, backstage stuff between CM Punk and um, Omega and the brothers you know, apparently did some damage. The, the, the crowd wasn't as very you know, because people were like, oh, they're going to turn it into a a shtick or they're going to try to turn it into a storyline. And I saw some people through a polls and it was like, actually people didn't even care uh, Bro, about look, it. <laughs> look, let, let me tell you something, man. And, and, and I really want you to, to see and feel this, man. What I saw from AEW on Wednesday, man, when MJF came back and he was the one that, that we all knew that it was him because it walked like him, his mannerisms, everything was him. When he when he when he got the briefcase 
and he and he walked off. Th- this is why I'm saying that AEW and their product is really good. Because when MJF dropped the promo that he dropped, and everybody was saying that he was right. They're basically, he used WWE in his promo. He was talking about guys. Did you see that promo time, Gary? I don't know if you saw it, but yes. it was a really... Are talking about being underpaid? Are you talking about recently or the last Recently, week just Wednesday. Oh, he just did no, it I just didn't Wednesday. No. Wednesday last week. He just did it Wednesday. He dropped a new promo. He had just came back, and uh, he was talking to the fans was saying that he was right, and he was talking about all the people that, that, that got paid, and he went with the schmick of everybody thought he was going face, and he faked face and went all the way heel, and when he went heel, he really, like, dove into some things that uh, I thought was very interesting. Mentioning taking the belt to another company in WWE and naming some WWE superstars that are were back with them. And uh, it was a really good promo. But as a result of him cutting that promo, it let me know that AEW isn't scared of WWE anymore. It doesn't matter who's at the ham over there. There's nothing that Triple H can do over there to fix that. There's nothing that Vince McMahon can do over there to fix that. It's not the it's not the 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 system or it's not the people that's broken. It's the people that's writing these storylines that are broken. Until they get these people out of the, out of there, the creative team at WWE, until they change that or decide to like, hey, let's just let them go AWOL or let them do it on their own, then then they don't get stuff like you get at AEW. Now the stuff that happened backstage. I love that the fact that it did happen backstage because we don't really know the true ins and outs of it. We don't know if this is a job. We don't know if it's not a job. But what we do know is that everybody's into it and everybody's interested. And as long as people are interested and into it and people are talking about it, this going to always be a thing. I know, time when you was talking about the numbers and WWE potentially coming back, it's not that they are coming back. I'm not saying that they ever lost it. All I'm saying is AEW is on the rise and they're going to continue to climb. Well, I would say with AEW, like you said, until WWE gives them creative control over what they say, AEW is always going to have a leg up in that because they can say what they want. They're not restricted on what they can say. And I like that. I think it gives you a more unfiltered, more authentic, more real feel to the AEW. And I think that's what draw, drives people in and draws them to the show and watching it and seeing it and falling in love with the characters and stuff like that, because that's a huge aspect of it. I think WWE is going to work towards that. I think they will eventually get where they allow them to do their own things. But again, I don't know anybody on the mic in WWE that could even contend with MJF, CM Punk, Chris Jericho, those three, three right there. I don't think there's anybody can compete on the mic in WWE at all with those three. So I don't think you'll ever Roman get that. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns doesn't talk. Definitely. He has Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman's uh, the only one you can say. No. Roman Reigns is the tribal chief. And when he speaks, people listen. Did no, you see? I, I don't listen. Did you see I, I when Brock Lesnar talk now? Did you see? I you even talk. <laughs> and I think John Cena could keep up with him. No. Anyway. No, oh. Neither one of them can compete. I honestly, this I this is my whole honest opinion. I think Chris Jericho is the best talker of all time. He's done it consistently his whole career, and he's done it in forty-seven different characters. And every time, been entertaining and amazing at it. Okay, 
All right, uh, those are lies, Gary. And 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 this is this is I I'm gonna tell you, based on character, conversation, and like really like selling it from a selling their character, Gary. Their character. There's nobody better than Bray Wyatt, bro. There's nobody better than Bray Wyatt. But Bray Wyatt's not there's in no, anymore, so you can't say no, Bray Wyatt right now. No, no, no. I I can say Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt is the greatest mic talker of all time as it relates to character. I'm talking about just solely selling, Staying, a selling character. character. Okay, I'll give you that. Solely selling the character. Now, Paul Heyman, when he gets up there, he talks. He's not selling the character. That's Paul Heyman. Yeah. He is being himself. But to reinvent a character and to make that character real, bro, there's nobody better than Bray Wyatt. There's nobody better. And there's all these rumors that he was coming back to – WWE, he still hasn't popped up anywhere yet. So nobody has any idea what's going on. And whoever gets him, it's going to be huge. It is going to be huge. Only if he's able to, to bring do what he that wants. character. Yeah, he, he can do what he wants. I think he's going to reinvent himself. He's not going to go back as The Fiend. He's not going to go back as Bray Wyatt. I think he's going to be a whole different character. And I think that's well, he what can't, he's going to He can't be that manager guy. He, no, he no, I'm saying actual character. Yeah. He'll create a character, I think. Yeah, I can say this though, and I'm gonna die on this hill, and you can cut this out, or you can put this as the, as the preview video if you want to. But I am gonna die on this hill, and I will forever die on this hill. The greatest manager of all time is Paul Heyman, by a stretch. So it's not even close. I'll give you some Not close, even close, Gary. But the thing it's is, not even nobody close. in this generation knows him. And that's Bobby Heenan when he was a manager. Gary, I have seen old footage of Bobby Heenan, Bobby bro. Heenan. I'm telling you right now, there's nobody out or, there if you even want to stoke the emotions like Paul Heyman does, bro. The part when Paul Heyman grabs that mic, he literally has the entire audience eating out of his hand. I will say bro. another one that's there's close. Nobody else does that. Uh, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Because this whole stick of being richer than everybody, people hated him. Bro, look. I'm just giving it, you some other ones. Not, it does not matter. That, that Name one person that you can put in the ring with Paul Heyman and they can out-talk him. Name one. I think if Bray Wyatt's in character, Bray Wyatt. Bro, I'm talking about managers. I'm talking Stone about managers. Oh, I'm, manager. ma I'm talking about managers. I'm talking about managers. We are talking about managers and as it relates to jimmy him, hart you know jimmy hart never talked on the mic he was this ringside i know he, he he'd have the uh, i would say bobby heenan would be close i don't know if he would win but bobby not, would be not close. Even close paul Heyman's the only guy that i know he as a manager as during a brock lesnar wrestling event that people are tuned on tuned in to what's going on outside the ring because paul Heyman requires that much attention with his facial expressions, what he say, and how he go about doing his business and how he operates as a I, manager outside that ring. I wish time wasn't fan biased of Roman Reigns and he'd give an honest opinion because he never does, so we can't ever ask him honest things like that. Because uh, there's so many things I'd have, because I truly don't believe he actually believes Roman Reigns is good on the mic, because that's just blasphemous. But you never know. It is time. It's facts only. Roman Reigns is the tribal chief, and he has held the company square on his shoulders after his heel turn. 
Uh, did y'all see? Did y'all see the smooth catch though when Brock Lesnar threw the microphone from the top of the little forklift truck, whatever, and then Roman Reigns caught it and winked at him? No. That was smooth. look. I'll send it to you in the group chat. Smooth criminal boys. I will say I'll give props <laughs> to. It was just a, a mic hit. I'll give I'll give props to Paul Heyman in that match. He took an F five on the through the table. Yeah, that's, I'll give him credit for that because Paul Heyman usually don't take bumps. Yeah, I'm not taking any F fives. Are we going to talk about the Cowboys absolutely getting drove by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? We, just we can say that. We, okay. that. That's a normal thing. We're used to that. Okay. All right. I, I got a lot of fa- I got a lot of friends, and when I say a lot of friends, it's one that's not on that this many. one that's on this podcast. It, it's just it, that are Cowboys fans. Yeah, one on this podcast. I'm no, not a Cowboys no, fan. There's so no Cowboys fan on this he, podcast. He, he, he's a Panther and Cowboy fan. He just can't be a fan of two teams, especially in the same conference. No. That's, that's time. I'm going to tell you. I know. Gary's talking nonsense. Keep going. He told me when he was here, he was rooting for the Cowboys this year. So, with that being said, <clears throat> I, I have to say this, and then I'm going to let y'all have it. Um as it relates to the NFL football season. We need to pick a team that we think from season one, like you pick a team right now that won a game or lost a game, and I want you to say something positive about that team, and I also want you to say something negative about that team. So I'm going to go first. The New York Giants. I am glad that the New York Giants stepped up today and they beat the Tennessee Titans. I'm I'm excited. I'm happy for them. A lot of people think that they're back. I don't know what their back means. Uh, everybody was excited about Saquon Barkley getting into the end zone, picking up the two point conversion to ultimately win the game and 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 before time expired. Everybody said, "Oh, Saquon Barkley is back." Everybody says Saquon Barkley is back. The good thing that I'm saying about that game is that the Giants won. The bad thing that I'm saying about this team is that they're not back. They was playing a Tennessee Titans team that was trying to figure out if they can do something other than run the football, which all they had to do was run the football. But we're not going to get into that. The Tennessee Titans lost this game, not that the New York Giants won it. I'm saying that Saquon Barkley, it wasn't, it's not that he's back. It's that Saquon Barkley has to do so much for this New York Giants team, very similar to what uh, McCaffrey has to do for the uh, Carolina Panthers. But here's the difference, though. It's running style. Saquon has to be more physical uh, in his running attack, and his body doesn't hold up that well, whereas Christian McCaffrey has to go through a multitude of things, whether it's catching the ball, whether it's blocking, whether it's uh, uh, running the football. There's a lot of things that he has to do there. So with that being said, the New York football Giants, congratulations on your first win of the season, but you won't see many of those going forward. Go ahead, Ty. Uh, well, I, 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 you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't what? Know. I don't know. Who else in that division is any good? Uh well the Cowboys they're in that division you talking about the NFC East right right so you got the Cowboys I mean, the, Philadelphia I mean, Eagles the Eagles they the Eagles won. are winning that division yeah but the yeah. Eagles the Eagles just 
went toe to toe with the Lions, and 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 it was close. I well, think now, hold on. Now. Let's not let's not dis let's not disrespect this Lions team now. Just they got they a lot of hard, hard out there. They now. roared. Hey, I'm, I'm, if you look at the 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 coaching staff from top to bottom in terms of putting people in the right position to coach your team, they got the best of the best as it relates to hyping players up, getting players motivated, them playing out of their minds and playing out of their souls and their spirit. Right now, the first three or four games in the National Football League, like this is what people don't understand is the most important games of any NFL season is always the first four. Because when you jump out there in the first four, it lets you know how many games you got to win in the rest of the season because you break them up in halves. It was a 16-game season. Now it's a 17, and you would do it in quarters. The first four is one quarter. The second is the second quarter. Third quarter is the third, and the fourth quarter is the fourth. But you wanted to set yourself up the best that you could in the first four games. You didn't want to go two and two because that's like the 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 average. You want to go three and one, or you want to go four and zero. Oh. If you start out and you go one and three, or you go over and four, that's rough. And not only is it rough, it sets your tempo for the rest of the season. So starting zero and one, the sense of urgency is picking up. So we're gonna find out in the next couple of weeks if if the teams that we think are good are good, or the teams just got lucky. We'll figure that out here soon. But go ahead, Gary. No, I'm gonna let time go. Well, that's all I had on football. I want to talk about the well, Panthers and then. You're supposed to pick your team. Yeah. Oh, pick a pick team, team. But, yeah. Positive and negative. Good yeah. Sure. Now, uh, if you want to, you could talk about the Kansas City Chiefs and the Arizona Cardinals. You can I talk mean, about whatever you want. Just pick yeah, one and go. Baltimore Ravens, New York Jets. If mine's, you want to talk, mine's going to be the Colts. Okay. So, obviously, you know they have probably the the best run back in the league right now. They see, you see that Michael Pittman um, was, is stepping into his own. I really feel like Matt Ryan is going to be uh, an upgraded quarterback me, bro. for them. <laughs> I know that's crazy. Um, they, they, you know, the, the Houston Texans are a division foe. So, you know, that can always play into it. Uh, it was first game, uh, but I still think they should have come out and slaughtered the Houston Texans, but they didn't. They tied them. And I think that they have a lot to move forward with because their team is good. And I think the Texans, we're going to look back at this game and be like, how in the heck did the Texans tie with the Colts by the time we get to the end of the year? That's who I'm riding with. Okay. What you got here? I'm going to ride with the Chargers because uh, the Chargers beat the Raiders which was a positive, but my negative is they didn't do a very good job of spreading the ball. Like, they didn't even get Keenan Allen or Mike Williams involved. They did not look the way they needed to look to take over that division. The Chiefs looked the best in that division, and the oh, Chargers yeah. had the best team on paper, and they're going to get one of their better players back in J.C. Jackson. Uh, but they didn't look terrible on defense. It's more well, than They might offense. have lost Keenan. Keenan went out with a hamstring injury. Yeah, but and they didn't get Mike Williams involved. Like that's things like they didn't get like Eckler didn't get used that much. They didn't look cohesive on offense like they did last year. They weren't firing all centers. Again, first game of the year. Things can change. Again, they were my pick to go to the Super Bowl on the AFC side. So we'll see. 
Yeah, just to, just before we, we end this podcast, just to let y'all know, uh, Saquon Barkley had 18 carries, 164 yards. His longest was 68. He averaged 9.1 a carry. But uh, if you want to put his totals together, he had uh, 24 touches for uh, just under – he had 194 yards. Uh, that's with receiving because he also had a uh, – well, no, he didn't have a receiving touchdown, but he had six catches for 30 yards. Uh, on the other side, the Tennessee Titans, Henry – 21 carries, 82 yards. His longest was 18. Uh, Ryan Tannehill threw the ball 33 times, 268, two tubs. That's what I'm talking about. And speaking of the Giants, I don't know how invested you are in the Giants, Dean, so you might not know much about him. But, Gary, you may know about this because of fantasy football. So, Kadarius Toney is supposed to be the Giants, like, most – What, he has zero catches? Yeah, he, he yeah, was two on the cares, field for like four snaps. And he was supposed to, he's supposed to be one of their most gifted players. And this is why I got so pissed off. So I play, you know, DraftKings, I, and I build a cash lineup uh, that I'll put in. And going into the second half of the, the day, I was killing it. I had – I did have some – you know, I had McCaffrey who didn't do anything in Kamara. Those were my two busts. But I had Hurts, Pittman um, – and the Miami Dolphins defense, which that was huge, you know, for them to do have done really well. Uh, and and uh, oh, and Christian Kirk, who also did really well. So I was actually sitting real pretty. I was up in the top, and I had Travis Kelsey, Romeo Dobbs, and Kadarius Tony left to play. So I'm like, this should be an easy cash as long as Kelsey does whatever he's supposed to do. Which he did. I, which he did. He killed it. Dobbs didn't have a catch until like the third quarter, and then I'm looking on Twitter because I, I I I see I see Tony's name not even mentioned on the the thing, and people are saying Kadarius Tony had two snaps in the first half. He's walking around the sideline visibly frustrated, uh, like as if as if they were like they said. It looks like he is wanting to be traded because he's over the Giants. Well, they, they had issues with him last year, at the end of last year. I don't know if they can trust him. And I think that's the issue they have is they don't – I don't think they have faith in him, so they're not going to play him, I don't think. Well, I, I wish I'd known I, – I did end up cashing still, but there was like two lineups that I missed cashing by one point, um, and I would have actually won $300 as opposed to just $200. Uh, so I'm still a little salty about that. But – I need these people to to be putting this in the streets for us fantasy people. If you're a coach and you know you're not going to be playing, Tony, can you just tell us in a press conference, like, hey, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, and as former players, y'all might notice how much how much stuff goes on behind the scenes that we don't see throughout the week, Everything. and it and it doesn't come out until Everything. that. So does that happen often? Where like something nothing happens, you hear at the press conference is what's going on in the locker room and on the field. No. Has that happened where something happens like in practice or something happening behind the scenes and everyone that plays for that team knows that player is not going to play on Sunday? Or that you're going to play bad, yes. And the rest of the world doesn't know until so, – so I've said this story before on here. Uh, I, I, had, I think I broke a rib, so I didn't play in the game. Me and Joe Thomas were watching practice when Johnny Manziel got a start. He went a whole practice without completing an actual pass. 
and we were playing Cincinnati and I was like, and I was talking to Jim, like, I don't know how we're going to do <laughs> and <laughs> everything in the press conference. Is like, yeah. Good practices. He literally didn't complete a pass for one whole practice. And, uh, we ended up, uh, losing like 35, nothing. Like well, stuff like that. You see it and you're like, yeah. Oh, what's going on? Like, and then you also see like players too. You'll be like, that player is really good. And they get cut and you're like, they they kept this guy who's terrible, but they cut him. Right. That stuff right. happens so much, and it's so infuriating as a teammate because you know the player like you when you're playing with him, you're like that guy's really good, and they'll keep somebody that's not good at all. And you're like, how is that person kept? It just doesn't make sense, and it blows your mind. Like, what are they looking at that you're literally going against every day? Or you're seeing, but they see something more, and it turns out they were wrong. It just it blows my mind how scouts think and work because it doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, I, I just uh, that situation because it's happened. To, it's happened in the past before where a uh, a player ends up being you know yeah. sat out of a game because of discipline type issues, and it's not been mentioned at all. It never will. They can't tell the other team. The other team's planning for that player usually. Right. Yeah. That's true. That's I, true. I have to say this before we end the podcast, and I know you guys probably didn't hear, but did anybody hear? Chris Collinsworth voice. It was terrible. Sunday night. Man, I don't. Oh, he was bro. sick. Something. Hey, to me, you could need a backup for that. <laughs> you need somebody to step in and do it for that, you. That's that what was I was going to say. If I'm a commentator and you know my voice isn't the best right now and it's not a normal voice, and that's what you're known for. Like Chris Collinsworth, I mean, that's, that's what we know. His, he has an iconic voice now because he's done so many of these things. In the event that one of them, like Madden or somebody like that, their voice didn't, wouldn't, do you sub him or do you, is he still better than than people that have their voice? You see what I'm saying? Like, who made that decision to be like, hey, man, still, you got a job you got to do. You got to fight through that. I think they still wanted to pay him. Uh, he's going to get paid regardless of where, so you might as well just make him go. Oh, that's just, crazy. It's work, right? Yeah. You think they crazy. would let you if you had if your throat was bothering you? Hey, sorry, you can have the day off, D'Angelo. You don't have to run today. No. Yeah, what, what, what has nothing to do? But I, but my voice is what I'm getting paid to do. Like obviously, we could tell that there's something obviously wrong with him, uh, and he needs. I don't know if it's medical attention, but he's obviously under the weather. He's, he's got sick a cold with, for sure. Something. Hey, something's going on, and in these COVID times. I don't think that it's it was appropriate to even have him carry out his job. But hey, I'm not in that business, so because I'm not, hey, I can't make those decisions. But go ahead, Tom, you up? Well, we appreciate you guys tuning in for another episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast. We will be back next week with more talk about how well the Panthers did against the Giants. And uh, I know this much: Saquon Barkley better not go out for 168 yards and a few tubs. Not against not against that defense and against Christian McCaffrey because that's ultimately what it's going to come down to. Even when it, it's not, it is. Who's the better running back? And we out. <laughs> we out. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to 